God, we thank you that you are the God of wonders, that you will outlast everything. God, we thank you that you are the creator God who created everything and that you still needed us, that you still wanted us. God, we thank you for your love, for your grace, which you pour into our lives and which changes everything. God, we thank you for the way that your goodness chases after us, that pursues us, that hunts us down when we're running the other way. God, thank you that you never give up on us, that you're never done with us, that you continue to love us. God, we thank you that we get to call you Father and that you look down on us and that when you see us, you just see Jesus. God, thank you for that love which changes us, which transforms our lives. Thank you, God, for using us to to carry out your purposes in the lives of everyone around us. And God, we thank you that you were with us here this morning and it is our privilege and our honour to bring our offering of praise and worship to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Good morning if you're joining with us online. Don't sit down. I didn't ask you to. Um, it's lovely to have you joining with us. Good morning, Yaram. Love to have you with us as well. Um, so we're going to do things slightly differently today. We can learn new things. Uh, so what I would like you to do, or oh, just quick announcement first, we have some very exciting news in the house today. Our lovely Bonnie, who is up the back there on the, on the desk. Whoop! <laughs> Haven't told you what it is yet. Um, so Bonnie and her lovely... Um, fiance Sam uh, got engaged so um, make sure there'll be a little queue forming after the service to examine the the very shiny thing and so congratulations to them and now what I'd like you to do is have five minutes mingle time go I can be heard oh there I am hi hello hello online hello Yaram hello in the room love to hear that chatter why don't you take a seat It's great to be here this morning, the sunshine pouring in the windows. Good morning, everyone. How are we feeling about doing everything out of order? We're all right. (laughs) So uh, now I'm going to preach. Brock's like a bit unsure down the front here. We're trying some things out. It's going to give us a great opportunity uh, to respond in worship to the word, and I think that's um, an awesome reason to change up the order and give, um, give some different things a try. So uh, I'm excited to share from the word uh, this morning. Anyone know what the series we've been doing is called? Down in God, is it already behind me? Oh, I was going to say, it's cheating if it's already there behind me. There it is. Should have rehearsed it like a magic trick. Uh, Doubting God. And so uh, this is the third and final week, and I feel really lucky uh, to be preaching the final week of a series. I don't normally get to do that. I think, possibly, just in case I derail it, Pastor Brad can just like bring it back to land <laughs> the next week. Um, no, that's not true. But, but often uh, I, I don't, I get to finish them. And so I was feeling like excited and, and the weight and of responsibility of wrapping up what has been a really great series, a quick series, only three weeks, but what has been really a great series. Um, especially 
because Pastor Brad has been up here doing some big brain thinking, um, some really incredible intellectual, uh, apologetic style, uh, big questions, asking some really big questions and giving some really great uh, insight into where and how we find answers to those questions. Um, and those of us, those of you who know Pastor Brad and me well enough will know that our brains are not at all wide the same. And so for Pastor Brad to have spent two weeks really diving into these deep intellectual ideas and then I finished this series, I wasn't sure. Uh, but as I prayed and, and, and prepared, uh, God sort of started to reveal some things to me about this idea of doubting God and of asking difficult questions. Because really that's what, uh, what this is about, asking difficult questions. In my Instagram bio, so you know this is like a true thing about me because... Instagram is true, right? I, uh, I have in my Instagram bio, ask questions that you don't know the answer to. It's a personal value of mine to ask questions that I don't know the answer to because I think that's how uh, we begin to understand the world more. Um, even like, how do you make really great pizza dough? Like, that's a great question that I don't know the answer to, but I want to know the answer to on a simple level. But then more deep and uh, theological questions also. Let's ask questions that we don't know the answer to, because that's how we deepen our faith, that's how we deepen our roots of faith and trust in God. I don't know if you remember, in the first week, Pastor Brad uh, spoke about these three ways that people uh, come to faith, experience faith, and stay connected to faith. I don't know if you remember what they are, but uh, the first is around our intellect and our thoughts. Um, we, be, we see that there is enough evidence to support uh, who God is, how he loves us, um, that Jesus was and rose from the grave, that, that our intellect and our thoughts help us to have faith as we unpack big questions and ideas. And then he also spoke about, uh, very briefly, two other ways that people have faith and experience faith and come to faith. And it, and it is through um, emotion and feeling, through our emotions, our emotional self, and through our feelings, we experience God. And so sometimes that's in worship or in our prayer or as we read the word, we ex have an experience of God. We feel his presence. We feel him, yeah? So there's that way. And then there's also uh, through our social sphere. That's another way that people come to faith, come to have faith and stay connected to faith is socially by the, by the body of Christ that they spend time with. We become like those that are around us. And so that's another way uh, that people engage with faith. And so as I was preparing for this morning, I started thinking about, what about the questions that can't be answered intellectually? What about when my doubt is about the fact that I haven't felt the presence of God recently? What about when my doubt and my questions of God come from the fact that I can't remember the last time that I, I, I heard or, or felt God speaking into my life? What about uh, when, when the people around me uh, whether in my close community or, or in, in the broader church, don't look like Jesus. And that causes me to have doubts about who God is and, 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 and how he calls us to be. Because I don't know about you, that, certainly that is something I've experienced, not just intellectual doubt, but emotional doubt through, through not having felt the presence of the Lord recently or, or looking at the church or, or, or the people I spend time with and thinking, not, I mean, I love the people I spend time with. Some of them are sitting down the front here, I feel like they should know, I love them. But there are times where I look around and I think the church doesn't look the way that God desires for it to look. 
The body doesn't look how God designed for it to look. And, and so what doubts then does that, that cause? So we're going to look at that a little bit this morning, yeah? Cool? With me? Love it? Uh, because over the last two weeks, we've really established this idea, and I think this is foundational to be able to uh, look at these uh, other two concepts, is that faith isn't a belief in the absence of reasonable evidence. Instead, it is trust in the presence of reasonable evidence. Faith isn't just, uh, I believe it blindly, uh, it's trust in the reasonable evidence that we're able to see. Christianity provides ample evidence, but not exhaustive evidence. And that's where our faith then must be applied. Hebrews uh, tells us in chapter 11, faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And so by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. This picture is not about blind faith. It's a picture of, in light of the evidence, we believe. It's uh, in light of all the evidence, we can have faith and we can trust that things will become clear. So the first sort of thing I want you to know this morning, and I think that has been the theme of this series, it's okay to ask big questions of God. It's okay to ask big questions because wise people ask good questions. Wise people ask good questions. And if that's the only thing you hear me say this morning, truly I mean it. Because Pastor Brad, even in all his incredible intellect and big brain thinking and me and all my crazy wildness, we can't answer every question you will have for the rest of your faith journey in a three-week series. We can't do it. But wise people ask good questions and listen for answers. Wise people ask good questions and listen for answers, okay? So, what about when our questions are not necessarily solely intellectual. Um, what happens when we don't feel God? What happens when those around us don't reflect the image of Jesus? And what does that do to our faith? What does that do to our trust in God and who he is? Uh, that, that passage that I just began to read from Hebrews 11, some of you may know Hebrews 11 is where all the heroes of the faith are listed. That's often what we talk about when we look at that section, and you could do like a 10-week series of Hebrews 11 and just spend a week on each hero of the faith, because um, it goes on from where I finished up there in chapter uh, 11, verse 4, it says, I'm not going to read the whole thing, just briefly, but Bonnie will put it there if you want to see it. By faith, Abel uh, brought God a better off offering than Canaan did. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. By faith, Noah was warned. By faith, Abraham when called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. And in verse 13, there's sort of this, there's this list of all these by faith. And then it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died and they did not receive the things that were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. And if they had only been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. But instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And then it keeps listing. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons. By faith, Joseph, when uh, his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea onto dry land, and by faith, the walls of Jericho fell, and by faith, the prostitute Rahab was not killed. By faith, by their trust in the Lord. And so I always think like, yeah, like, look at them go. Like, they have this great sense of faith, this great, like, these are the people that are listed in the word. In Hebrews 11, these are the people. These are the people. And then it says, some of them faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment, and they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went out in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, and the world was not worthy of them, and they wandered in the deserts and the mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. And these were, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Here are these heroes listed, people who had great faith. It doesn't take much imagination for us to think that perhaps while all of this is going on, like when it explains what they experienced, that they, they didn't see the goodness of God this side of heaven, that maybe their faith wasn't about what they were feeling. Because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have been feeling so awesome facing jeers and flogging and chains and imprisonment and being put to death and stoned and sawn in two. It wasn't about what they were feeling. Their faith was not what, about what they felt in a moment. Because our feelings can be very circumstantial. I tell this story to, to our youth team, and I think I've told it in a team meeting as well. My son, Ezra, is obsessed with tomato sauce. Just obsessed. Like, and the first time he ever had tomato sauce, we were out to dinner uh, for my sister-in-law's birthday. And uh, we were sitting at the table, and we ordered a kid's meal, because he's big enough for kid's meals now, and that's crazy to me. And it was the first time he'd had a kid's meal out at a restaurant. I was like, this is so fancy, so fun. Any parent is like, it is not fancy and fun. It goes on the floor. There is sauce everywhere. Yes, I didn't know that. Uh, I do now. So uh, he'd never had sauce before. And so he's had chips before. He's into chips. So we put the chips down in front of him. But there's a bowl of sauce, like a little ramekin of sauce in the chip dish. Ooh, buddy. When I tell you there was sauce, like, up to his elbows, it was on my jumper. If we took the sauce away, he screamed. I was like, I guess we're just covered in sauce now because I'd rather have a kid covered in sauce than be those people with a screaming child in a restaurant. He was just, he loved the sauce. It was the best half an hour of his life. I think he ate more sauce than chips. Like, the chips were just a vessel to get the tomato sauce to his mouth. It was amazing. Such joy in his life. Like, just the best. When the sauce was gone... Not so much. Then the screaming, and then, and then it was past his bedtime, and you know, the things, right? But the source brought him so much joy. The source brought him so much joy. The source is circumstantial. When the source is there, it makes you happy. Ezra happy. And when the source is gone, it makes him sad. Our faith is not designed to be circumstantial in that way, based on how we feel in any given moment. We certainly have the ability to feel the presence of God, to, I mean, like, who's a crier in church? Like, I'll just own it. Like, I'm not a crier in the rest of my life, but when the Lord gets all up in my grill, when Jesus speaks to me in worship, I'm one of those, like, embarrassing, like, crying, like, I just have the feelings. And that's great to experience the Lord that way. But my faith is not based on those experiences. I can and do feel the presence of God. I can and do feel the Lord at work. But it is not, my faith is not based on circumstantial experience because otherwise then when I go home and I'm, 
unstacking the dishwasher and I don't feel the presence of God in the way that I did in Sunday morning worship, what happens to my faith if it's just about what I feel? And so I think we see these heroes of the faith in in Hebrews, really giving us an example that we can experience the presence of God. We can experience feeling and we can, our emotions and our feelings are designed to help us have a full picture of who God is, but it is not designed to be the, the bedrock that we build our faith upon. Because our feelings are circumstantial. They're based on things as they come and as they go. But faith is something that endures, regardless of experience. So this is why it's important that we have an understanding in our intellect and our feelings, and then, and then we're going to look at social as well, like the, the, the community that we gather around us. It's not just about what we feel. Because if it was just about what we feel, when things got tough, it would be hard to stay in faith, right? But here these heroes know, and we're encouraged also, that when we don't feel God, he is still good. And we know that because of our evidence of who he is. And because we have uh, the ability to remember when we have felt his presence before. But it is not based on whether today is a good day or a bad day. God is still good regardless. And our faith is built on that foundation. Does that make sense? So we have this idea. So, so there's this, right? That's the heroes of Hebrews. So then the key thing you need to know this morning is wise people ask good questions and they listen for answers. So how did they remain faithful? That's the question, right? How did they remain faithful when nothing seemed good? Or, or uh, what connection, if any, is there between what we feel in our, our expression of faith? What, what connection is there between our um, circumstance and our feeling and our ability to trust God? Is there a connection between that? And what we see from the heroes here is that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. We have experience of, of God, we feel things, we have emotional times, we cry in worship, we have an understanding of who he is, we remember who he is, and we know that our faith is not built on circumstantial things, but is built on who he is and our understanding of who he is. Trust in God isn't variable and based on how we feel on any given day. It is not circumstantial. In the same way that we ask God difficult intellectual questions, expecting that he will answer, we can bring our feelings of doubt, our feelings of doubt, or our, our, our doubt around not having felt him. We can bring them to God and give him an opportunity to answer. I'm going to plug our prayer course that's coming up in this moment. <laughs> because if you have that feeling of, I haven't felt God, I haven't heard from him, I, can I encourage you, give God the opportunity to answer. If you have doubt about things, if you have questions, whether intellectual or emotional or, or about the church and the social, bring them to God and give him an opportunity to answer. Because wise people ask good questions and they expect an answer. And God is more than capable of answering our big, big questions. The other important thing is that we get into community. We get into community. We know that, that we should be gathered in community, that we should be together, that uh, we should be like-minded as a body of believers, that we should be spurring each other on and sharpening one another. And let's be honest, that's not always what it's like. Sometimes we hurt one another. Sometimes we're not the perfect picture of what 
God desires and designed the church to be. And I don't know about you, but globally, the church, the church, has taken a few hits recently, right? And it starts to plant these questions of if, if that's what Christian people look like, if that's what Christian people talk like, if that's what the community and social aspect of church is like, is that a, refle- a true reflection of who God is? Is that who I want to be? Is that what I want to be a part of? Again, wise people ask good questions and these are the kinds of questions we bring to God. Why doesn't your church look as beautiful and as perfect and as holy as, as you describe it in Scripture. And, and there's lots of reasons, and really these Hebrews heroes had the right idea, because this side of heaven, it won't. And that's the hard sort of truth. But there's certainly, uh, there is certainly this feeling that sometimes um, the fruit of the church doesn't look how, as godly as we want. And, and I don't know about you, but that can cause us to have doubts. Let me, I'm going to read... From James, it says, uh, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of them then says, uh, Go in peace and keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing for their physical needs, what good is it? And in the same way, faith by itself, not accompanied by action, is dead. And some will say, You have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not your father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac at the altar? Remember that. He's one of the heroes in Hebrews 11. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. And you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by their faith alone. And in the same way Rahab the prostitute, she's also in Hebrews 11, was considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them in a different direction. As the body without a spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Our works do not justify us before the Lord, but they are fruit of a faithful life. They are fruit of a life that trusts in him. We're all part of the body together. We are all set apart for the good work that he prepared in advance for us to do. We are called to be part of that body, to see our faith in action, uh, to, to be a light in our community, to be the church with Jesus at the head. Faith without fruit is empty. Faith without deeds is dead, which is a faith without deeds is the fruit of a dead faith. Faith without deeds is the fruit of a dead faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes the fruit of the church doesn't look godly. And what does that do to our faith? And because wise people ask good questions, we wonder, how do people who appear to have a deep relationship with the Lord end up so far from him? And how how do I make sure I'm not one of those? What difference does it make to my trust in him Uh, if I'm connected in good community or not? Does that make a difference to my faith, if I'm in good community or not? Do I trust the Lord more or less when I'm in good community amongst believers? Galatians tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited uh, and provoking and envying each other. This is the call for what community looks like together, that we would have all things in common, that we would be together, that we would see the fruits of the Spirit in ourselves and in each other. But again, like these heroes from Hebrews 11, we are are in this uh, position now of being transformed to be more like Jesus. We are being constantly uh, transformed as we we come into relationship with him and then begins the journey of... uh, heading heavenward until we become more and more and more and more like Jesus. And so the the painful truth is that sometimes the church won't look like the perfection that we dream and hope and believe that it can be. Sometimes people will hurt one another, but that doesn't mean that we're we're exempt from um, from our call to be a part of community. And so my challenge, uh, my challenge this morning, if this is an area where perhaps you feel doubt, if you've ever felt like the church wasn't a place for you, wasn't a home for you, um, or, or that Christian people don't look like Jesus to you, um, that, that we need to be part of that solution. We need to be part of that solution. If we want people to see the church as beautiful as she can be, then each of us has to take responsibility for our own personal faith. We have to ask these big questions and we have to know that not only uh, are these questions that we are asking, but these are questions that people around us are asking. And the way that we live and the way that we love one another and the way that we ask these questions and wait for a response from the Lord, it shows those around us what it really means to love Jesus. It doesn't mean perfection. I mean like... We're on our way heavenward to that perfection, certainly. But in this life, it doesn't mean perfection, but it does mean a continuous and and continual transformation toward who God has called us to be. And so if we're looking for... If we're looking for good community, let's be the kind of community we want to be. If we're looking for good community, get good community around you. If you need a small group, we'll find you a small group. If you need someone to pray uh, with you every Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock, we'll find someone to pray with you every Tuesday afternoon at 4 o'clock until we all together become more like Jesus. Until we all together become more like Jesus. We should be asking these big questions of him. We ask intellectual questions knowing that there is evidence for that. Not exhaustive, but there is plenty. We ask questions about what we feel and what we don't feel, knowing that God will answer us. As we seek him, we will find him. Keep asking, keep asking. And being in community together is shown again and again to be beneficial for us, that we sharpen one another, that we keep each other burning, that we, even in all our imperfection, that is the beauty of the church in this life. And so we experience God intellectually, we experience him with our emotion and our feeling, and we experience him in community together. And it's when those three concepts, those three ideas really come together that then we can feel really confident to doubt, we can feel really confident to question. We can ask because wise people ask good questions and it helps us put our roots deep. 
We can't be afraid of good questions. We can't be afraid because then we, we put ourselves in a position where we can confidently and comfortably defend our faith. Because in three weeks, Pastor Brad and I cannot answer every question you have. This is a life journey of continuing to seek God and who he is with our intellect, with our emotion and in community together. Ask big questions that we don't know the answer to and know that that will help us to deepen our faith. And if you have difficult questions in this room, online, in Yarram this morning, I want you to know you're not alone. Lots of us have difficult questions. Lots of us ask deep, hard questions of God. If we want to be like these heroes in Hebrews 11, we're going to set our eyes on heaven and know that we will see the goodness of God, regardless of what we feel, regardless of what this life holds for us. Is, that, is it good? Uh, felt good to me. We're going to worship now, um, but I also want to give an opportunity for uh, prayer. Um, because sometimes when we have our big questions, wise people asking good questions, it can be hard to know uh, where to find an answer or uh, how to find an answer, and it can take time. Um, but this morning, if you have a big question or um, if there's big questions in your intellectual questions that you want an answer to, or if, there's, if you're feeling like I haven't felt the presence of God in a while and it's causing me to wonder where he's at, or, or if you don't feel like you have good community around you that is sharpening you and encouraging you and challenging you to be more like Jesus, then I want to pray for you as well, that, uh, that we can ask these questions of God, we can ask these questions together, and as we do that, we become more like Jesus. And that this, this series would not be like a cool like three-week series we did uh, toward the end of the year just to like fill in a gap before we do the next thing and then Christmas, but that, that it would be a series that uh, reminded you that God can handle your big questions and in fact, he wants you to keep asking them. Keep asking them and keep digging your roots deep. Keep bringing your questions to him because he will answer them. As we seek him, we will find him. Pastor Brad, kind of lightly, but like truly in the first week, reminded us of finding Nemo and Dory and the idea of just keep swimming like just keep asking keep pursuing him keep asking him your questions because he of everyone can handle them bring your questions to Jesus so if you're uh, here this morning or if you're in, um, in Yarram or even online this morning and you have big questions um, then let's be a community that sharpens one another let's be a community that stands together and prays together and helps one another to ask these big questions and to see God answer them. Do you stand with me? Um, so stand. Uh, I'm going to pray, but then the band is going to lead us in a couple of songs. And, and if you would like prayer or, or you just want to tell somebody what your big question is and have them stand with you in faith and believe that you will see an answer to that, um, then we would love to pray with you. I'll be down here, Pastor Brad's here, Pastor Jackie's here as well. There's people about. We'd love to pray with you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are not afraid of our doubt. You are not afraid of our big questions. God, we know that wise people ask good questions. So help us to ask good questions of you. 
God, not just for the sake of it, but for, uh, for the purpose of digging our roots deep. God, we know we are not alone uh, to doubt, but we just ask that um, you would show us the evidence of who you are, whether it's intellectually or, or in a time of worship where we experience and feel your presence or whether it is through uh, the way community around us is. God, we just want to know you and trust you more. We want to experience your presence in a way that transforms us to be more like Jesus as we are on toward that perfect goal. Lord, we thank you that we are saved by you, that faith is a gift. God, help us to deepen our faith as we ask hard questions of you. God, thank you that when we seek you, we find you. Thank you that you are in control. Lord, we trust you. Reveal to us more of who you are this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I was going to say that is not a me issue, that is a microphone issue, but actually that's not true. Take a seat, thank you. <laughs> we all know not to trust me with the button. Anyway, um, goodness. All right, so just a couple of things to highlight from the newsletter uh, this week. So we're having a family picnic next Sunday. Um, it is uh, sort of kids and families, but also everyone. We would love everyone to come along. If you're new or newish to church, we'd like you to come along and just enjoy a picnic with the church family. So BYO, everything that you need to make that fun for you. Um, all the details for that are in the newsletter, as are all the details for all of the social things that we're doing in the next uh, little while. So uh, just make sure you check out the newsletter, whether you get that by email sometimes. Um, also, just a point, if you don't get the email with the newsletter in it, you can go back to the previous week and just click on the newsletter link and it's always live, it's always up to date, so uh, don't necessarily rely on the email coming, um, you can always access it. Um, but check out, the, check out the social things, we do want everyone to kind of get to know the church family and really enjoy that uh, fellowship aspect of, of being part of a church. But also, you can invite your friends to that. So somebody who wouldn't necessarily come to church and sit in a service like this might like to come on a bike ride or to a picnic or, you know, any of those things. So make sure you make the most of all these opportunities which we provide for you. And just um, on the um, note of a series that we've just finished, I'd just like to say if there's any messages that you go back and listen to again this year I reckon these are the ones I reckon like today I'd say if you missed it make sure you check it out but that's silly because you're here you just heard it um, but if there's one that you go back and listen to again I'd say today and last week as well if you missed that one or would like to hear a message again go back to that one um, because I just think they're so important. They're, they're real, they're honest, and they are so important to us in our walk as Christians to, to get some of this stuff squared away. Um, and just um, as part of God's wonderful plan, we are starting this prayer course uh, this week, um, which is about unanswered prayer. 
And it is about that and it is, it is kind of a foundational thing for us, I really believe, to get some of this stuff squared away in our minds, to ask the questions openly and honestly and discuss them together, ask God for his um, insight into our questions. And as much as it is about unanswered prayer, it's also about who God is. It's a whole lot of other stuff will come out of this course for you. It's who is God. What is he like? What is he up to? Um, And I don't know about you, but I don't think I've understood every single thing that's ever happened to me in my life um, that is happening to me even right now. I don't understand all of that or how God is using that as part of his plan. And if that is you, um, come along and and at least set a foundation. Um, Start asking the questions. Start digging deep into your faith and how you understand God and, and who you actually think he is. Like, what else could we spend our time better on? Like, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so this course is on Tuesday nights. Um, uh, at the moment, it's all in person. But if there was enough call for it to be online as well, then we would look at making that work for people. Um, so 7 o'clock, there's a chance that we'll be having it in here because we've already got so many registrations. I'm not sure how it's going to work out in one of our smaller rooms. So that is a great problem to have. So we'll watch the teaching as a big group and then we'll split up into smaller groups uh, to discuss and, and uh, dig deeper into some of those questions. Um, and I don't think it's, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's, it's a great thing to wrestle with unanswered prayer and that whole area of when we don't understand um, because it doesn't mean that we're faithless if we wrestle. It means that we're faithful when we wrestle because it means that we believe that God is all-loving, that he is all-powerful, that he is good and we don't understand sometimes. So let us, um, like, if there's one thing that you do for the rest of the year, I'd say engage in this course. Come along. If you're not part of a small group already, it doesn't matter. Just come along. Um, You might find your new small group um, by being part of this course. Who knows? Anyway, I just, I can't um, stress enough to you how important I think this is Um, to put other things aside and come along and do this journey together. So um, you can register uh, using the Church Centre app, but also if people turn up on the night, we won't be turning anyone away, so we'll just make it work. So um, God on mute, unanswered prayer, make sure that that is in your diary for Tuesday night, 7pm, five weeks. Um, All right, so hope you liked the new style of service and um, yeah I think it worked really well today for what we were what we were doing and um, I just invite you to stand and I'll pray as we end the service pardon oh <gasps> the offering buckets we didn't do that I said we could learn new things but apparently I can't um, maybe maybe Charles can just stand at the end and people can put it in as they go out <laughs> that'll be quicker right God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you can uh, cover my mistakes. Um, God, we thank you that you are the God that we need, the God who loves us so much. God, I thank you for this course, for everything that uh, that it is uh, awakened in us, for all of the questions that it has raised for us. And God, I pray that we will continue to to search you out and to search our answers to all of our big questions. God, we thank you for uh, this course that we are looking to engage with this week. And, and God, I thank you for the incredible foundation that that will lay for us in our lives, 
uh, in the way that we pray to you, in the way that we, that we seek you, the way that we um, just want to understand who you are in our life and then be able to share about you openly and honestly with those around us. So, God, we thank you for that. God, I pray uh, that you be with us as we go, that you are a part of all of our conversations um, over tea and coffee and that you are a part of all of our conversations during the week as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.